Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of many parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology. And today on the show, we are talking about the elephant in the room, or rather the elephant that's not in the room, because we are talking about elephants that aren't elephants. How is this possible? Well, you're about to find out. From a tiny elephant to an elephant that defies reasonable proportions, Uh, To an elephant with a strange superpower, these are all elephants, but they're not actually elephants. Joining me today to talk about these elephants who are elephant imposters is friend of the show, the audio genius behind Fake Doctor's Real Friends, Boss Level, and the new show One Upsmanship, DJ Daniel. Welcome! Yay! So thrilled to be back, especially to talk about elephants that aren't elephants. Yes. So I love elephants. Big old, big old gray and brown with the big old trunks, <laughs> floppy ears. Love them. We're not talking big about fan. those today. They can, True. Uh, yeah. We're talking about animals who are called elephants, but they are not, in fact, elephants. Uh, and I love that. One of the naming conventions in evolutionary biology is like, this animal kind of looks like another animal. So (laughs) we're just going to put that animal's name in this animal's name. 
Uh, so, you know, like rhinoceros beetle. It's like, eh, you're like a sure. rhino. We can't. <laughs> we ran out of names. So now you're getting that name. Yeah, every, everybody, everybody's just passing around their names till everything's an amalgamation of other names. Right, exactly. I mean, like, where's yeah. the creativity? Why couldn't you call, like, a rhinoceros beetle, like, a jungus or something? I don't know. Ooh. I like that, I'd love right? it if it was a jungus. A jungus. jungus would be fun. Jungus does, it has a, I'm horrified to, like, look that up on Urban Dictionary to find out it means something <laughs> terrible. But, yeah, I do like that, jungus. Yeah, um, it's, it's undoubtedly some prison drug that you make by doing something <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Doing some hard jungus. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't endorse doing jungus on this podcast. No, but don't do jungus. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to talk about is a one of my favorite animals, and I uh, I don't know uh, if you listeners out there follow me on Twitter. If you want to, you can. Uh, I'm not stopping yeah. you, Katie Katie Golden on Twitter dot uh, org, <laughs> Twitter dot net. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, shared with the world, the elephant shrew and, uh, not to toot my own horn, but my tweet did do some numbers. People, oh, it did numbers. It did numbers. Uh, people were wild about these elephant shrews. Um, and I can't blame them because I'm wild about elephant shrews. They are amazing, uh, and I uh, on Twitter, if you do want to look up the thread, I shared Elephant Shrew's yawning, which is the best thing you will ever see with your eyeballs. So adorable. It is amazing. So Elephant Shrews are these weird little dudes who are found in Africa who, I guess the best way to describe them is they have the body of a mouse and the snoot of an elephant, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's not, kind of an abbreviated snoot, but it's very Yeah, cute. It's, it's not quite as long and wrinkly as an elephant mm. snoot, but it is an elongated snoot. So like a little mouse, but if you like pulled on the nose out <laughs> until it, you know, stretched out a little bit. Kind of kind of a Whoville shrew. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there are many different species of elephant shrew, but they all have one thing in common they're completely ridiculous looking and they have a wiggly little snoot. And they they also, so instead of kind of like waddling around on like really short feet, like I see, like, uh, I don't know, I think um, mice uh, and kind of have like shorter, stubbier legs. These elephant shrews actually have longer legs. So they have this very like kind of almost runway ready sort of uh long-legged <laughs> strut that I really admire. They're really they they are they are models. They are America's next top shrew. They are They're working, great. I believe it is <laughs> called, working. but with the e w e r k i n. Ah, I yes, believe. of course. Yes, 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 yes indeed. They're so they're yeah, so they're horrible. They're very agile, uh, but yeah, their faces are incredible. Like I said, there are many different species of elephant shrews. They all have like slightly different faces. Some of them have like mm. big mouse-like ears and maybe a slightly shorter nose, although it's still it's still long and pointy. Others have really long faces and like short and stubby ears. Some of them kind of look more like maybe an anteater. Some of them look more like a mouse, but they're all elephant shrews. Adorable. They're really super cute. They are super cute. I love it when I love the cuteness of animals that have a kind of strange distinctive feature like this long like tubular yeah. wiggly nose. It just it's Yeah. 
it, it gives them a, a uniqueness where it's like, you know, you don't have to win me over always with just the puppy dog face, big eyes. Mm-hmm. Like you got a weird wiggly nose. Yeah. I love you. You're adorable. You know, I'm, I'm starting to think that long wiggly nose is like a positive trait in general. I think about my anteaters, which also have a very long snout or, yes. or someone will correct me, whatever that thing is coming off of their face. It is so cute. Yeah. It's they got like- the long snout. It's so cute. It is very cute. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's called the technical term for these things is a proboscis. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is, that's a great name. Now, that is a good name. I'm glad that uh, we do have some creativity in naming things in uh, evolutionary <coughs> biology. Because like, what was it? Like a, what did I call it? A jungus? No. A jungus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jungus. And then a uh, proboscis. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I like this. Good word. It's a good word. Yeah, 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 definitely a, a solid word. But, yeah, uh, just a, a positive, a positive attribute in the natural space. Big snoot. Big snoot. Uh, Fan, fans only. I can't think of a big snoot I don't like. A pronounced proboscis. Yes, very good. And uh, mm. so these are called elephant shrews. Uh, Dan, can you yes. guess who they are more related to? Elephants or shrews? Well, shoot, Katie. Looking at this picture right here. I'm going to, you know, my, my gut tells me shrew. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you are wrong. Uh, what? <laughs> what? That's right. Suck on it. Uh, you know, uh, my goal here is to humiliate my guests. God. So- <laughs> I've been subverted. <laughs> <laughs> Played right into my, my sweaty hands. So... <laughs> The uh, if you guessed that the elephant shrew is actually, in fact, more related to the elephant, you are correct. As strange wow. as it may seem, these tiny shrew-like mammals are more closely related to the huge elephant than they are to shrews. And again, wow. most most of these are t- little; they're like mouse-sized, fits in your mm-hmm. palm. They are also called singies. Uh, mm-hmm. They're found exclusively. In Africa, they are actually more closely related to elephants than to shrews. I mean, they're not uh, extremely close to elephants. I wouldn't say they're like cousins or anything like that. But yeah, just mm-hmm. it is interesting. I mean, phylogenetically, they are closer on that branching tree of life to the elephant than to the shrew, despite their small size and generally shrew-like appearance. Very shrew-like. Yes. But yeah, there there are a lot of different species, but they all have that long wiggly nose that they use to sniff around and locate insects. And this is nose is a very interesting thing because it can be moved around uh, to sniff and search and pinpoint prey. So they can oh. like wiggle it from side to side. I mean, it's got some. It's certainly not as versatile and mobile as an elephant's trunk, but sure, they can sure. they can move it. And so like like. As if you're using a metal detector, they're mm. using it as a smells detector. I got it. They're sweeping the ground. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And so they can find tasty insects to eat. Ah, oh, they're insect gang. That makes sense. Yes. I mean, yeah, they are tiny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And even though they are not really that related to anteaters, uh, they can use their long tongues to flick small insects into their mouth like an anteater. Uh, but for bigger bugs, they actually got to crunch down with their little mouths. So, uh, <laughs> but here's the problem: because they have that long snoot, if they just mm-hmm. try to like eat direct, like eat it off the ground directly in front of them, their snoot bonk in and get in the way. It's a problem. 
Oh, no. And so what they have to do is they approach it from the side. So they like turn their heads and say they got like a big juicy grub or earthworm. Uh And they put it like in the side of their mouth like Bugs Bunny Uh eating a carrot. And then... And then, like, they hold it, they pin the prey down, the the earthworm or whatever, with their their little front paws. Like, have you ever seen, like, a dog eating a bone and it's got, like, the bone? Way too much. Yeah. Literally all the time, every day. (laughs) Katie, my little puppy, Kelly, she is gnawing on that bone and just, like, holding it down like we're going to take it from her. Yeah. It's like, Kelly, go off. Chew that bone all day long. Yeah, no, my dog always acts like I'm jealous of the thing that I literally <laughs> just gave her like five seconds ago. She carries this it is off. And, for you. Yeah, I just, I handed it to you and said, enjoy. And now you're looking yes. at me like I'm going to steal it. I love um, it. But that's what it. these uh, these little elephant shrews do. But with like juicy worms, uh, <laughs> it's adorable. That's uh, and then it like apparently they're very messy eaters. So they have to like lick up all the crumbs of the beetles and grubs that they spill everywhere with their little tongues so just adorable i would love they don't eat spaghetti but i'd love to see one go go on a plate of spaghetti and see that see that whole scene that would be really uh man it seems so daunting for this little shrew but that yeah. it would be such an adorable trip to see them just like go off on some spaghetti yeah just go little on hand on the noodle just that's like if I could have like an un like one free pass for like an unethical thing with in terms of animals, it would be to see elephant shrews eat a plate of spaghetti. Yeah, uh, maybe like two of them at the same time, and they get oh, one noodle, and then they, they kiss like in noodle. they kiss in like a like in the tramp, but then they like slurp up the nose, also gets in their mouth because it's kind of like a noodle. You know, that would be really funny. That'd be there's, very there's, cute. There's, wow, okay, I love that image. That's very funny. <laughs> so there are Poor 20 noodles. species of elephant shrew. There are a lot of them out 20? there. Yeah, and some are small and gray and more mouse-like, but some are larger and they have a different coloration, like they can be black and this kind mm. of rusty red color. But they all have long sort of mouse-like tails. The largest elephant shrew is the gray-faced singi, with a uh, black, red, and gray coloration, who is about 1.75 pounds or 0.8 kilograms. Uh, okay. And including the tail, it's over 20 inches long, so 56 centimeters. So, you know, like not huge, but sizable. It's relatively significant. I mean, I was yeah. definitely looking at them thinking they were tiny, tiny. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's larger than I thought they were. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's even cuter, honestly. It's very like cute. The, but, a lot of them are tiny. So like the smallest elephant shrew species are the short-eared elephant shrew, which weigh about an ounce or 28 grams and are four inches long or 10 centimeters. So little guy, pocket version. Little little baby. (laughs) I always get so nervous about animals that are too small to even see sometimes because they're so Uh, cute, but it's like they're so prone to us large feet beasts. Yeah. I would hate to I would hate to I would hate to be just walking around the you know wherever. What sorry, you said they were in Africa. Is there a particular region of Africa they're in? I mean, they are found uh in like sort of scrubby, grassy areas. I think they're found kind of all over because there's cool. so many species, but I think the majority of them are Let me see here. Uh 
Yeah, I think they're they're found. Um, Found mostly in uh, the sort of southern parts of Africa. Okay. Uh, cool. So, uh, but you know, they're they're like kind of different areas that they um, right. inhabit. Sometimes forested areas, sometimes more scrubby areas. Uh, there's some that live in like more of the like arid mountain regions. So mm. a lot of different species will have their own niches. But yeah, I think I, they tend to be in the southern regions of Africa. Got it. Very cool. Um, yeah, well, I just would hate to see them get stepped on by some other large beasts. And it sounds like in the southern regions of Africa, there are some large beasts that they could, in fact, get stepped on by. And I pray for them. <laughs> well, don't be too worried about them because <laughs> they are surprisingly good at evading danger and would oh, nice. probably easily evade being stepped on by you because they are extremely fast. Yeah. Their legs are relatively long for their bodies. And some species, like the western rock elephant shrew, which is one of the smaller species, one of these little mouse-like cuties, they can mm. run up to 17 miles per hour or 28 kilometers an hour. What? Yes. Yeah, those that long legs. That is so leg fast. Yeah, yeah. Those long legs really help them out. The and, dancer legs really do it. Holy smokes. Okay. And in fact, certain species of elephant shrews uh, will maintain specific roots for themselves by trimming grass. Uh, so, like, they will create hiking paths or little roads for themselves oh. that they can run along. These, like, little running trails. And huh. usually they lead to some kind of safety. Uh, but this allows them to run without tripping over anything away from predators. So... Uh, it is really cute because these just look like teeny tiny mouse roads, and that's essentially what they are. Wow, I have I, I unfortunately I have more questions. I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is part of the research, but like seventeen miles an hour for a beast for for a beast for an animal that small feels like proportionally super fast. Yes, it is. Like that is so fast right there. It is. Yeah, it'd be. I mean, I can't. God, I don't know if I can do the math, but let's right. say that it yeah, that's it. it I, right as I was like, saying it, I was like, that seems like this seems like a, one of those math problems you get in here. So it's yeah, like a, a, a rodent is run, needs to run this distance in this amount of time. Let's pretend that I did the math and it's like a human okay. running like a hundred miles per hour. I don't oh know. My God. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, like honestly, size wise, that feels about right. That seems right. I don't. I don't know, but I'm gonna say like we're we're, with it. we're like a maybe a hundred. Probably more than 100 times bigger than these, so 100 yeah, times. definitely. I don't know. That's how math works, probably. That's how math works, definitely. Mm -hmm. That's how but math yeah, works. So I support <laughs> it. That's fast. Big so, fast. Yeah, it's like not only are they really fast runners, but they will like design their own running tracks so that That's if so cool. something's coming at them, and they have memorized these tracks. They know how to run along them, whereas their predator Amazing. doesn't. So they True. can really quickly zip around and it's it's like a super smart thing for them to do it's really amazing that's incredible i love that great animal yeah big fan of this one yeah big 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 fan <laughs> actually their brains even though they're tiny and their brains are small proportional to their body size mm. their brains are relatively large for like mm. com when you compare other uh, animals their size so they okay. they may be you know it's always difficult to measure uh, different species intelligence but right. they may be a little bit um you know they, they've got some wits about them i would suspect they got some brains i mean look I mean, into sure their eyes like yeah 
look into their <laughs> eyes and, and tell me that they, they're not thinking about stuff, planning things. <laughs> Making plans, having feelings, yeah. loving, hello. <laughs> and uh, another really awesome uh, little trick they have is that at night they go into version of brief hibernation called torpor. Mm. So they slow down their body's metabolism and that way they are able to conserve energy, which is really important if you're going to run 17 miles per hour and be so small and need that constant uh, diet of insects. So you can basically just put yourself in sort of a version of stasis overnight so that you're not burning as much of that fuel and you can start your day ready to run along, you know, put on your tiny little elephant shoe hiking or er, er, running shoes and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. your, your little teeny tiny Nikes ready to yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the Nike shrews. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And in terms of their social lives, they're relatively solitary. Uh, I don't usually quote Wikipedia, but I have to because I found uh, this from Wikipedia spilling... Ooh, Spilling the tea about the romantic lives of short-eared oh. elephant shrews. Quote, oh, let's hear it. Are they messy? <laughs> they are, are they messy. messy. Yes. Let's they hear it. Are, I'm so stoked. Oh, my god. They gosh. are toxic and messy. So, oh, quote, yay. although they live in pairs, the partners do not care much for each other, and their <gasps> sole purpose of even associating with the opposite sex is for reproduction. Ugh. Ouch. There's so you just much got, more to life than that. <laughs> you just got read by Wikipedia. Damn. Like, harsh. Just baby, it's just baby making? That's, come on. I know. There's so much more to life than that. I know. Like eating. How are you guys going to grow together as partners if you're just all about the, you know, got to have the baby? <laughs> just running away from commitment like they run along their little paths that they make. Explode. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Got him. Roasted. Get red. <laughs> and then <laughs> here's an adorable family moment for these uh, elephant shrews. Baby elephant shrews, once they are weaned off of milk, are fed mashed up insects that the female elephant shrew stores in her cheek pouches. Aww. Aww. Love it. Love a little like, mommy throw up. Yeah, baby food, but may I yeah. shoot up uh, worms. <laughs> Love it. That's yeah. all my mother fed me, chewed up worms. I mean, protein, right? A lot of protein. You do what she you got to do. Exactly. A... She said, this and a scoop full of dirt improves your immune system. I was like, hey, you know better than I do. I'm a baby. <laughs> you said that to her. Yeah, hey, I did. I said this. Yeah. I defer to I you, I'm mother. A I'm a baby. Yeah. Mm, indeed. <laughs> defer to you, mother. I'm a baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, I can imagine that, too. I can see you saying that. I was a pretty yeah. active baby. Yeah. I but I just I I love these elephant shoes. They're they're so they're they have an audacity to them to even exist mm. like this. I that I yeah. love. I respect them for it. I mean, the speed is something that is very is is both very impressive to me and also kind of like a um. There's a reason that they exist still. There's a reason that we have these beasts yes. that that they're able to just skitter away from any situation and do so with elegance, with grace, style, also with a plan. Yeah, Hello, they got a... the tracks. Amazing. Yeah, a I man, love that. Uh, uh, no, sorry, an elephant shrew, a plan, an a elephant shrew canal. Yeah, tandem. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we love, we love a palindrome. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. 
With our flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. I've had like, I think, six of this much water in the last oh, nice. three hours. So. Nice. <laughs> I've, I've Hydrated. Now, I've, now, I've, I've resorted to jug life. Jug life. Yeah, I'm one of the, I have one of those, uh, one of those huge Nalgene's. I need, I need a big old, I need, I need a big old water jug, just like, I do, I, I have a backpack for hiking, I should just oh, fill like that up back? with water. Yeah, I have a, I've got a camel bag, I should be Love utilizing that. that. Throw that on, just sitting there I typing should, up. actually, yeah, no, this is, this is gonna improve my work, my work productivity. How does she do it? Well, I'm constantly <laughs> drinking water. I'm constantly drinking and urinating, that is my there whole life now. Drinking, urinating, my two states. I've just become a tube. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, sadly, we must move on from the elephant shrew, even though I love them so much, and talk about the other elephant in the room, who, Mm. again, not a real elephant. This is the elephant nose fish. Uh, Spoiler alert, fans. It is also adorable. (laughs) If you want like a mermaid version of the elephant shrew, it is the elephant nose fish. Unlike the elephant shrew, these are a fish, so they're not super related to elephants. And, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. I was ready for you to give me the question again. I was going to be like, okay, well, surely this one. Is the one that's maybe not related? (laughs) I mean, I didn't look into this, and maybe I should have, but... I know like fish are so old and there's so mm. many of them 
that there are some fish, I believe, that are more related to like mammals and other terrestrial animals than they are to other fish because it's like, you know, I mean, there it's just it's such a like there's so many fish and it covers such a huge amount of time. Some of them are going to be closer, more closely related to us than they are to like some other fish that's way more ancient, way more different. Huh. Yeah. Wow. That is, I mean, I, I guess, I guess that tracks. But that also, that's still, I mean, that still surprises me that I could be swimming out there with little fishies, and one of them whispers in my ear, "You know, you're not so different, you and I." <laughs> you're like, ah. yeah, you're my brother from another spawn mother. <laughs> spawn mother. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. two were spawned in a pool of hundreds <laughs> of your brothers and sisters. Yes. Well, not really. What? Yeah, it must be weird for fish. Like, you just, like, you poop out the eggs and, like, spread some uh, fertilizer on them, right? And then they make babies. Something like that. Yeah. Um, it <laughs> it's like me and my bougainvillea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just growing a crop of babies. Uh, so growing a crop of babies. Yeah, so there are, so elephant fish, it's not just one species of fish. There are many species of elephant fish or elephant nose fish. Uh, and actually, you know, hey, they are also found in Africa. They are raythin fish found in freshwater river systems in Africa. Nice. They okay. are usually gray or black or brown. They've got, um, they're kind of a, a longer fish. Like they're not like sort of the, the chubby type of fish like a goldfish. They're a little bit longer. Uh, they can grow to be around nine inches or 23 centimeters long. So they're not that small. Um, but they're not, you know, they're not huge. Um, right. They've got like their, uh, it's called their dorsal and anal fin. It's it's just like a <laughs> fin that. Um, oh, really? Sort of come, yeah. I mean, it's just the location of the fin. Um, but it forms this kind of like triangle um, or like this, this sort of diamond shape on their back, right. which is that, that's yeah. pretty neat. It's a pretty neat looking neat. fish, all things considered. And then, oh, totally. but the the moment we've all been waiting for is the snoot. The proboscis. The proboscis. The proboscis. God, I love saying proboscis. <laughs> it's a great word. I gotta say it like Richard Nixon, though. Proboscis. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, enough of that, I guess. Um, so, yeah, they have a long proboscis, and it looks like this long nose. Like they're like you took an anteater and a fish, and you jumbled their DNA up in some kind of ungodly science experiment. But it's not actually a nose. So it sure looks like a nose, but it's not. It is actually a protrusion of their lower jaw, which actually, now that I say it, that is a little more similar to the anteater because the anteater's whole proboscis, like, it is not just a nose. Their mouth parts are actually located on the end of that long proboscis, as is the case for this fish. Whoa. So, okay, you said it's, you said it's an extension of their lower jaw? That's right. So is it kind of like a big old underbite? That's right. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, their mouth does occur. Like oh, they're so some of them, their mouths are actually like located closer to their face. So it really is just like this long protrusion of their lower jaw. Wow. That like okay. sticks out. But then it I think that some of them, like their mouth is it is kind of closer to the end of that weird underbite so like some of them have more of like the tube mouth with like 
just like little mouth parts on the very uh, near the tip, and some of them mm. just have like this long underbite, more of a Jim Carrey in the mask situation. But <laughs> got it, got it. Okay, but Jim it's Carrey yeah. Okay. Oh, and I should say that there is another species. There's another uh, fish that is called an elephant uh, fish, but it is not related to these elephant uh, nose fish. So like. Um, the Australian ghost shark is sometimes called the elephant fish, but unrelated. Um, and I don't, I don't quite agree with calling them an elephant fish because I, I don't think they look as much like an elephant mm. as, uh, as these guys do. But it okay. does have, does have kind of like a long, like weird, long twirly proboscis. So I guess that's why, uh, <laughs> it's called that. But yeah, no, these are elephant nose fish, elephant fish, but they are unrelated to the Australian ghost shark. Okay, cool. Aussie ghost shark. <laughs> but that that proboscis, right? That extension mm. of their lower jaw. Yeah. Uh, it has a name, and it's a good one. It is called the Schnauzenorgan. No way. Yeah. No guess way. way. Schnauzenorgan. Oh Schnauzenorgan. Schnauzenorgan. Man, if I had to guess the country of origin on that one, <laughs> it's French. No. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it is called the Schnauzen organ. I am really hoping this is actually what it's called, not like some elaborate prank by the study authors of like, right. these biology papers. It's like, if we call it a Schnauzen organ, can we convince podcasters that like this is its <laughs> real name and not just like some uh, undergrad is like, I'm just going to call it a Schnauzen organ, see if anyone notices. Someone had a lot of fun at the lab that day. Like, hey, you think, you think we can just... We could just slip this by, right? I feel like that's like most of how these uh, names in evolutionary biology come to be. It's just like someone like slipping a word into a paper to see if anyone notices. I call this (laughs) Schnauzen organ, proboscis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, the the Schnauzen organ, as well as other parts of these elephant fish body, is actually covered in electroreceptors which will be really important information about one minute from now. But first, we got to talk about the elephant fish's butt because it generates oh. a weak electric field with that butt. It What? Yeah. I mean, so to be clear, elephant fishes don't really have a butt like humans do. Right. In its tail, like at the backside of it, it has this special electric organ that generates a weak electric field. Huh. So what is the uh, what is the purpose of said electric field? Yeah, this is really interesting. So yeah. by generating this weak electric pulse, it can create like it's creating like this field around itself. And then that field interacts with objects that gets in its way. So like it could be some smaller fish, it could be a rock, whatever. It's gonna like bump into this electric field. And remember how I said that it has electroreceptors as well? Now it can sense its own electric field. And when something disrupts it, this fish knows that something is there. So it's a form of being able to detect its environment, even in low visibility. So it can detect its prey. It can detect uh, plants. It can detect obstacles. It's kind of like... In a loosey-goosey way, it's kind of like how bats will use their their sonar. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Where they like uh, send out a pulse of uh, of uh, sound, and then it bounces back to them. Yeah, echolocation. Yeah. Well, and echolocation. Then it, 
echolocation a little bit. <laughs> they send out the signal, and then when mm-hmm. it comes back to them, uh, they are able to tell, like, hey, this is, uh, there's something there. Now, this is slightly different because instead of it, like, you know, they, they these fish kind of detect the disturbance in the field, a disturbance in the force around them, and they can sense that and uh, use that to hunt or also to avoid obstacles or avoid predators. Wow. That's really, I mean, okay, first of all, amazing. Love to have a little force field. That's dope. Yeah. So I guess my I guess my next question is, do they share a trait with the elephant shrew of being particularly fast? Because once they get that data, what do they do with it? Are they I are mean, they outski? Are they Audi five thousand? I think that they are. I mean, I don't know if they are particularly fast compared to mm. other fish, but they sure. do have an advantage because if they are in sort of low visibility, like mm-hmm. something is kind of silty or like in these sort of freshwater systems, you may often have some some silt or debris. Mm. And mm. so if they are in this environment and you can't really see very well with your mm. eyes, they are going to have a an advantage where they can zero in on their prey, avoid obstacles, whereas like, you know, their prey like smaller fish or invertebrates may not be able to see so well. Okay. And so this Great. is actually it's interesting because this is actually the same technique used by platypuses. So uh, really? Yes. Oh. So they also use electroreception where they can detect the uh, weak electric activity of uh, of their prey. And they also live in sort of silty freshwater environments where they mm. there may be low visibility. And so it's really interesting. You have two completely unrelated animals, both using a similar system so that they can hunt for prey, avoid obstacles when they are in this kind of like muddy, silty situation. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they got they got the jump on they got the jump on their enemies. Exactly. Whoever may try exactly. to face them, try to oppose them. Yeah, it's like if you use a smoke bomb and then you sneak up on you yeah. know. Uh, yeah, it is really interesting. It, but also they do have another similarity to the elephant shrew, which is they have a large brain to body mass ratio. They probably need a lot of processing power for that complex electroreception. But it's also thought this may be a relatively intelligent fish, especially compared to its size. Wow, cool. They, yeah. I mean, like, you know, to, ha- to have all that advanced technology, to have all that radar on board, I imagine that, you know, that's got to translate into some form of smarts. Yeah, yeah. Being able to know? use that information effectively, that's that's smarts in its own way. You got to know how to calibrate your schnauzen organ. <laughs> <laughs> schnauzen organ. I literally so forgot good. for a second. I know. I had to remind organ. you. Schnauzen organ. Your schnauzen it's organ. Schnauzen organ. This fish has a schnauzen organ. We find very fascinating. Uh, <laughs> love that. Love that. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. 
turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. One more elephant. This is the last elephant of the day that is also not an elephant. But we've talked about two elephants that are an elephant true and an elephant fish, a.k.a. elephant nose fish. But they're kind of small. You know, they're they're, they're not like microscopic, but, you know. Mm mouse size to about you know a little over a foot long you know they're certainly not elephant in their proportions and they were named elephant such and such because of that proboscis now this animal was named elephant due to its ridiculous proportions its ridiculous size this is the elephant bird i'm so geeked for this have you ever thought about like what a you know how like humans we have uh, extinct ancestors right yes, we have yes. these apes these uh god I just forgot all of human evolution but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah no yeah Homo erectus apes and then yeah humans yes yeah there you go <laughs> so like uh but like ha- have you ever thought about like that for big bird because big bird is right much like a human bi- bipedal. Um, yes. complex language, yes. um, you know, uh, like what would the ancestor to Big Bird look like? Cause like, uh, it would have to be some kind of large flightless bird, uh, cause Big Bird's, I mean, it uses its wings now, the Big Bird to like, I guess as kind of hands, rudimentary hands. Um, but it does, it is, it is flightless. Um, and Big Bird is also quite large. It's Eight feet and two inches, which is two point five meters. So, God damn, yeah, that's a big yeah, bird. <laughs> that is, a, I mean, the name really does fit. It's mm-hmm. like Big Bird looks very cuddly, but I also feel like I would be intimidated to, like, you know, just look up at this big yellow bird because Big Bird is literally that big, which quite large. It, oh, it's it's quite it's quite large, and also, you know, okay, so let's 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 be real. Sesame Street Big Bird, like, yeah, great. I mean, you know. What what a, what a what a sweet warm cuddly you know creature being for sure. 
But if you're seeing a raw, untamed big bird <laughs> out in the wild, raw like, big bird. Mm-hmm. We're talking. We're talking. We're talking. Uncensored. Pure, primal, uncensored <laughs> big bird. Where he's going to come up to you and be trying to poke your face. Yeah. Keeping no. my distance. Yeah. Keeping my distance. Birds do not <laughs> around. No, they really don't. Uh, I think it is worth noting that birds are dinosaurs. That's not an exaggeration or like a joke. Like they are literally dinosaurs. And the fact we call them birds, not dinosaurs, is just sort (laughs) of. um, It's just factually inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, it is inaccurate. They are they are literally dinosaurs. There's I mean, it's I suppose like if you really like you can make a distinction between birds and like dinosaurs. But a lot of like uh, bird researchers feel like there's no reason to separate them from uh, dinosaurs completely. So they are they are a type. They are a form of dinosaur uh, that is still alive. And uh, and so, uh, you know. You could say that like the ostrich is Big Bird's ancestor, but I don't think so because ostriches are only around seven feet tall and they just don't have the meatiness of the Big Bird. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, well, you know, if if they really did have the meatiness of the Big Bird, I would be even, you know, kind of more horrified. Yeah. I just yeah. am so cautious of birds out in the wild. Yeah. There is there is definitely a level of bird that I am comfortable facing down. <laughs> I had this. You, you know, there's okay. Have have you had Iffy on the show? Yes, Iffy Wadiway. Iffy Wadiway, of course, classic fr- friend of the friend of the pod, friend of the many pods. Iffy Wadiway. He 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 has a stance that he can fight a gorilla, which is no. of course ridiculous. No, never, no, couldn't happen. But there's there's definitely I definitely have a little hubris when it comes to certain animals. Birds do not fit into the category of hubris of where I'm like, I could take a bird. I could take a bird. It would have yeah. to be like a bird that I can hold in my hand. But like even like geese, like I'm not trying to fuck with a geese. No. They are mean. They're they, mean. They are serious. And they, they mean are it serious. When like, you know, a lot of animals will offer empty threats, not birds. No. <laughs> empty doesn't know. They're coming to fuck you up. They're going to peck yeah. your face. Yeah, I mean, and like, it's like even the nerdy birds, like uh, yeah. corvids, <laughs> the like they birds. hold a grudge. Because like, you know, it's like, oh, these are sort of the nerdier birds. They're smart. They don't have a lot of brawn. But they will they remember. remember. And they teach their young to like, if you mess with them, they will teach their offspring to hate you. So, we made a whole horror movie about this. Right. We made a whole yes. movie about this. A documentary. It's called Snakes mean. on a Plane. The government's covering it up. That yeah, exactly. <laughs> snakes on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, uh, given given your your cautious attitudes towards birds, how would you feel about a bird that was nearly ten feet tall, or three meters, one thousand and six hundred pounds, or seven hundred and thirty kilograms, the heaviest and tallest bird in the history of the Earth? So, I mean, so with great awe and reverence. Like, am I trying to fuck with this bird? Zero percent. But am I trying to show somebody a cool video of this bird, like walking through a village and everybody's like, oh, my God, look at this bird. Or it's like walking into like a town square. There's like a bunch of people in a market. And then this bird just like walks through and people are just like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, no, I, that's that's what I support. It's the kaiju of birds. It uh, is the kaiju of birds. But this was a real bird called the elephant bird who lived in Madagascar. So you'll oh, notice. Of course, of course. <laughs> Madagascar, the home of every wild looking everything, like Earth's foreign planet. Yes. 
Love Madagascar. Yeah, islands, islands do stuff. Because like they do. when you have an island, you have this like interesting, I think it's like you you have an isolated system and stuff just goes wild. I, I don't know if that's like scientific, but that's my opinion. Like that, when you have that, that tracks, <laughs> I feel like the, yeah. the less interrupted other parts of the other parts of the world are, the less they, you know, get the influence of other species or, you know, seeds yeah. or, you know, every, everything floats on the wind. So it's like as if, if nothing's getting over there, it, nothing's affecting it. Shout out Bayonet yeah. trees. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's like that's how you get. I mean, certain islands um, like New Zealand or Mauritius, they have these like amazing ground dwelling birds like the kiwis or the extinct dodo uh, because, you know, you didn't have uh, if you if you don't have too many predators that will take advantage of that, uh, then you can be just basically this big dumb bird that roams around on the ground. Of course, that was ruined by. The, the dodo was uh, killed by the Dutch who came in with their cats and their dogs and their rats, which uh, it probably wasn't the human hunting that did them in. All of that, that certainly helped, but it was the cats and dogs killing them and then the rats that they inadvertently brought that like outcompeted them. So those combined factors. So these closed island systems can have really, really interesting animals. And these elephant birds, despite its size and long ostrich-like neck, like these look like, they looked like ostriches on steroids, like much mm. like meatier, thicker legs, thicker necks, but they still had the long sort of ostrich-like neck. Um, mm. So it's like if you just, if you just bulked up. Seriously. Yeah. Bulked up an ostrich or an emu. Mm -hmm. Eat protein shakes. Right. Not yeah. missing leg day. Keto. Lifting. Getting yeah. keto ketoed all the way out. All the way Thick. ketoed. Thick. Chia seeds, you know? Ooh. Chia, Chia seeds. Ch I don't really something. know. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, no, no I don't. No, no, I, I was just going to say, I don't know if that's what you do to build bulk, but. Uh, it, 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 it totally is. Ground chia seeds. Ah. Your body can process them a lot better. Sometimes regular chia seeds, straight through you. I see. Brown chia seeds. You just sort of like just eat the powder, just crunch it down. Yeah. That's how you yeah, crush it. Sounds yeah. good. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, so I basically like for the protein shake, I am the bird, the, the shrew mother who's grinding uh. up the grubs that are the chia seeds in my mouth to then feed them into my smoothie, who then oh. feeds me. But, you know, That's yeah, just, just. I and need then, to you know. see this. I need to see this. Cook, cooking, home cooking with Daniel. Home cooking with uh, Daniel. How, Chew how up your make, chia seeds yourself. How to make a chia smoothie, and he's just <laughs> spitting a chia mash into a cup. That's perfect. Yeah, I hope those sound effects earlier were enough for the audience of this audio-only podcast. <laughs> I, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's ASMR of you just, like, chewing chewing up chia okay. seeds. That okay, way. Actually, you know what? Yeah, I think that would actually, there'd be people out there into that. Not that I want to find out. <laughs> they follow me on Twitch. Yeah, so like, yeah, it is actually, It's despite looking like a beefed up ostrich, its closest living relative is not the ostrich, but the kiwi. What? And yeah, isn't that weird? How do you, ugh. Again, this is with the elephant shrew and the elephant. How do yeah. you, how? How are we well, looking at this fish and you're like, oh, it's closer to a kiwi? For sure. That's what? Well, it's because <laughs> there is a, a lot of parallel evolution or convergent mm. evolution. So parallel evolution is when two 
pretty unrelated uh, independent species both arrive at a similar evolutionary path because they probably had similar evolutionary pressures, whereas convergent evolutions where you have two related species who also both independently evolve similar traits, but they're, they're more related than species who uh, are involved in like parallel evolution. So parallel evolution would be like both the elephant-nosed fish and the platypus developing mm. that electro uh, reception, um, whereas uh, convergent evolution would be, oh gosh, let me think. That would be the fact that there were two species of ground sloth, mm. the giant sloths that used to be around but are now extinct. They ended up becoming the tree sloths, two-toed sloths and the three-toed sloths, mm -hmm. who are related, but they independently evolved into the two-toed and the three-toed sloths, so, which is really interesting. Okay. So the I, I think they're closely related enough to ostriches that this would be a case of parallel evolution. I'm not mm -hmm. sure on that, but yeah. So like these birds are becoming more ostrich-like uh, or emu-like through sort of this parallel evolution, um, but they are more related to the kiwi. But like the kiwi, the elephant bird had proportionally huge eggs uh, and kiwis are, they're relatively little birds, like, you, you know, about the size of a small, mm -hmm. I don't know. They're melon, very tiny. Small melon. <laughs> a small melon or a small, never mind. <laughs> a, a large kiwi fruit. A large uh, kiwi, there we go. Yeah. So <laughs> the kiwi lays really huge eggs compared to its body size, which I'm sorry, kiwi ladies, that sucks. But uh, because the elephant birds also laid relatively large eggs, but they're also incredibly huge. They had bonkers, gigantic eggs, the largest eggs of any bird and likely larger than most, if not all dinosaurs. The eggs are over a foot tall or 34 centimeters and weighed over 22 pounds or 10 kilograms. So wow. yeah, huge, huge eggs. And so you might think that this bird is one of these ridiculous animals that died out a long time ago, long before humans ever existed, one of these like legendary uh, megafauna. Um, but no, they actually existed with humans for quite some time. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh, so, did they absolutely terrorize us? I mean, I guess imagine looking at one of these 10 foot tall monsters. I'm sure that people were scared of them. But fortunately, they were frugivores, so they ate forest fruits. They had mm. no taste for human flesh. Um, and so in sort of the contest between humans and elephant birds, humans did win in the end. Um, but when they died out is actually a topic of some disagreement. It used to be thought that Elephant birds kind of went extinct when humans arrived to Madagascar and that this happened maybe over a thousand years ago. Mm. And they were just hunted to death by people arriving to Ugh. Madagascar. That's but right. there's right, but there's new historical evidence that suggests this is not actually the case. So oh. or there so first of all, there may have been a sighting of the elephant bird in the seventeenth century as written down by a French explorer. But even more convincingly, newer analysis of fossils show earlier human arrival in Madagascar, uh, which would have humans and elephant birds coexisting for around 10,000 years. Whoa. So, so yeah, like okay. humans 
probably hung out with, I mean, maybe not hung out like buddies, but, you know, they were inhabiting the same island with elephant birds, possibly for 10,000 years. And there was evidence of humans hunting the birds uh, because there were like butcher marks on some of these fossils. Uh, But if they were living together for 10,000 years, uh, you know, they were able to hunt them for a while without driving them to extinction. So why they went extinct is a bit of a mystery. I mean, mm. it's possible. Maybe they their po- the human population grew larger and then they started overhunting it. But there's also the theory that it wasn't hunting, but the burning of forests and pasteurization that ultimately killed off the elephant birds. So like the mm. terra terraforming of the their now like habitat loss essentially which i think makes a lot of sense a lot of species don't necessarily go extinct just because we hunt them too much but because we destroy their habitat and they just do not have any recourse they don't have anywhere to live or to eat and so they die out those poor birdies i know we just came and invaded their home i mean like this is so human It, it tracks so clearly yeah, but, you know, we did, we man, the nice thing is we managed to live with them for 10,000 years, which I think is a pretty, pretty good, <laughs> pretty good for the human track record. Yeah, but, um, yeah, there's like, there's some other theories, too, that maybe it had to do with, like, uh, climate change uh, that these birds, like, start, like, they just couldn't cope with some changes in the climate um, or oh, changes in their environment. Change. Natural climate change. Right? I was going to say, I feel like at that point, we probably weren't into this, the industrial era. No, no. This was long before uh, mm. anthropogenic climate change. Um, mm. There, mm. There's like, you know, there's still natural climate oh, change yeah. that oh, yeah, happens. For sure. oh, but yeah. it's the anthropogenic climate change that is, uh, it's happening way faster <laughs> than it should be happening. And You, you could say I, it could happen here. Yeah, yeah. You could. Shout <laughs> uh, out. Yeah, shout out. Shout out to the Robert <laughs> Evans show, uh, which, you know, it's, uh, you're probably noticing it's pretty warm right now, so. It's, yes, uh, it, that, it, not, that it is. It's like when we talk about, like, the effects of climate change, it's always been like, oh, this will happen sometime in the future, and, and I don't know, I feel like over the past 10 years, it's just been like, no, it's already. It's happening like, right now. Our, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was the magnificent elephant bird. That uh, thing rules. It is awesome. I, I mean, like, it'd make an awesome steed. I think it probably would want nothing to do with oh, me, for but sure. no. I, I would uh, maybe bribe it with some fresh forest fruits, and hopefully, <laughs> it wouldn't stomp my head in like a like Hell a ripe yes. melon. This would be a great <laughs> beast to to befriend. Yeah, be it like if this was if I was running a D and D campaign, I now want this as my familiar. This, yeah. is, this is this is what I want by my side when we charge into battle. If if not for its steed qualities, at least its pecking ability. Because wow, that yeah. that, that beak looks big, big beak. Yeah, there's that viral. There's that viral. Um, uh, girl. Oh 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 that, yes. That... Oh, it's a like Hillary something. She got Emmanuel. The the uh, the email. Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel Todd something or other. That video is so sweet. Yeah yeah. yeah. Emmanuel. Yes, Emmanuel is an emu. And he rules. Emmanuel is part of, I, I believe it's like a, a refuge or, or a farm. Yeah, I literally just started following her. I can't remember what. Yeah, her, her name uh, is Taylor Blake, and Taylor, she takes these videos of of the of the uh, farm. Uh, it's like a hobby farm, I think, like where they just 
take care of these animals. Uh, she'll like do videos of the various animals, kind of educate people about them. And then this uh, emu named Emmanuel will like interrupt her videos, walk in front and then knock the camera over. And it's so incredible. It's so great. And they have a wonderful, beautiful friendship. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's I, I just I love I love this this friendship between human and bird, human and dinosaur. Um, but imagine Emmanuel, but like, oh gosh, like ten times as big. I, maybe yeah, that's too many so times. So much like, bigger. So much bigger. Because like, so much bigger. Emus are relatively like they're they're big for birds, but they're still shorter than humans. You know, they're mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you can tell because you can see her like hugging him with her arm around his. It's so cute, so adorable. It's very sweet. It is super but, sweet. But like. If 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 you could have an Emmanuel bird friend, but just like ten feet tall, just thunderously stomping around, it'd be scary, but also great. That I mean, like it, it's yes, gr- great in the in the great in the grand scheme of how great it would be to have giant animals again. But also, I maintain terrifying birds do not <laughs> f- around. This bird is coming to poke your eyes out. God, yeah, it's, it's I mean, incredible. You know, or maybe it just looks on you with pity, and it just like instead of like trying to kill you, it's like I'm just gonna give you one solid push with my foot and remove you from my place. I think it's like yeah, like I will stomp on you if you, you know, try to take my melon away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you take my melon away? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, I think we have addressed the elephant, the many elephants in the room. The many elephants in the room? The many elephants, the elephant shrew, the elephant fish, the elephant bird. But we never actually addressed the, an elephant, which, you know, sorry, it's my podcast. You you know what? (laughs) Elephants, elephants have had their moment. There was just that one elephant that stomped out that woman's funeral who was like abusing. Oh my gosh. It was perfect. Just, you know what? Great. I'm good with that. Elephants are having a moment, That's so no all elephants should have a moment. Exactly. That's, That's no, no coincidence. coincidence. That no elephant, coincidence. No, no coincidences. That elephant knew what it was doing. Oh, it knew what it was doing, and they oh, don't forget. They never forget. I mean, and can I, there has to be something that went on there that, you know. Definitely. Like, 100%. It's a case for Poirot, really. Yes. Get Poirot on the case. Get Poirot on there. <laughs> I'm team elephant, if it wasn't clear, for sure. <laughs> if they want to. If they want to could have been the sweetest like like sweetest old woman like making cookies and this elephant just comes in and wrecks her life i don't know they see something that we don't <laughs> who knows that who knows that woman's politics were am i Maybe right the no, elephant was a hired hitman you don't know wow oh my yeah, goodness right? could you imagine yeah i am I'm, I'm thinking about it <laughs> elephant Wait, that would be so funny. Hiring, that's just, that is a brilliant scheme right there. Someone needs to start a business of hiring elephants to kill people. You should know, though, like most elephants for hire are actually undercover cops. So, you know, yeah. Daniel's got to make some uh, flight plans to Mexico. Yeah, I got got some mixed emotions about these. So does ACAB apply to elephants as well? I'm only the elephants that are undercover cops. That's fair. Okay, fair play. So not <laughs> not all elephants. Okay. Not all elephants. Okay, Hashtag. good. Hashtag not uh, all no, elephants. No, I, I love elephants. They're wonderful. They're great. They are great. So now 
Uh, I think we got to play a little game. <gasps> that game Yay. is called Guess Who's Squawking? <laughs> play music Great. now. And yes, it is Guess Who's Squawking, <laughs> the mystery animal sound game. Every week I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and you, the guest, kind of guess who's squawking. Okay. Last week's mystery animal sound hint was this. You won't be surprised to learn that this is called a screaming party, but who are the party goers? Okay. Uh, wow. Daniel, can you guess who is squawking? Okay, lots of hints in there. Police sirens, so some sort of like, you know, some sort of uh, uh, domestic uh, urban area with, with, with people. Some kind of Not, animal that's an emergency responder. Some kind of animal that's an emergency responder. It feels like a smaller animal, kind of mm-hmm. a high-pitched, high-pitched sound. Um, it also has kind of like a, a ring to, or like a, a, a particular kind of timbre to it that doesn't necessarily sound like a bird, almost sounds like a bug, or mm. maybe like some sort of like weird amphibian or something that's like amphibian that's like putting out some interesting, I, but my, my gut tells me bug. So I'm going to go with, I don't know if I could, I can't, I can't tell you the bug, but if I was going to choose a, 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 a um, I don't know which kingdom phylum class order, how far down it goes, but if I had to guess <laughs> one of those, I'm going to go with insect. Insect. Interesting. And this is last well, week's clue, right? This is last week's clue. So, so you're going to reveal, reveal it now. Yes, nice. that's okay, right. Good. That's right. So congratulations to a bunch of names here. The winners are Inga H, Mac I, Joey P, Robert S, and Shada, who guessed correctly that these are Swifts. So uh, you, Dan, I love the creativity of thinking these are insects. There are, in fact, a lot of loud insects that mm. come out in the summer. Uh, cicadas will make really loud noises. Really loud. Um, but swifts are a species of bird. Who, nah, it was birds. Nah, oh well. It was birds. Sometimes it's birds. It's not always birds in this game, but sometimes it is birds. I, I, was, I like to switch it yeah. up. You never know when it's going to be birds. But uh, yeah, so like these swifts will come out in great numbers during the summer mm. and will form these screaming parties where they just fly around screaming. Uh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Uh, so Swiss are, <laughs> Swiss are, I mean, it's interesting because while they are birds, they're a very strange kind of bird. Like you look, you see them flying in the sky, it just looks like a bird. You look at them close up, they look like tiny drones. And I'm not going mm. to play into the whole like birds are just, you know, a conspiracy by the uh. government, you know, and that blah, blah, blah. No, birds are real. Birds are uh, just because they happen to look like drones uh, does not mean that they actually are drones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them are FBI informants, but that's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, they uh, they just have such a sleek body. And that's because they are evolutionarily designed to spend most of their life flying in the air, barely ever stopping. So they migrate from Africa to Europe in the summer and back to Africa in the winter and they can eat, drink, and even sleep while flying. Uh, they fly so much, and they spend so little time uh, perching or, you know, resting that their feet have little use. They do not walk, 
And so their feet are small and underdeveloped, basically just these like little hooks that they can use for gripping onto the sides of buildings or trees for when they need to nest. Huh. So it's just like landing gear. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's landing gear. Right now they are in Europe, although I think that by the, yeah, they're probably starting to leave Europe to fly back to Western and Central Africa to avoid the cold temperatures of winter and Mm. follow the flow of insects because they (laughs) will catch a lot of insects like in the air. Um, And it is, it is a, they're amazing little birds. Uh, we I talk more about it on. Um, I did an episode a few weeks ago called "Around the World in Eighty Birds." It was an interview <laughs> with an author, Mike Unwin. <laughs> so if you wanna if you wanna hear more about that, I interview an author of that book, "Around the World in Eighty Birds," and we talk about the swifts. But yeah, amazing, amazing birds. Loud as heck, though. My God, they uh, do seem pretty loud. <laughs> yeah, and they they are. Um, they are like or they they are right around here where I live in Turin, uh, and so they uh, I've been hearing them all summer You've been long. A lot. Got it. Uh, yes, I I like it though. They don't. Yeah. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. So on to this week's mystery animal sound. Here's the hint. Today we just talked about elephants in the room who aren't elephants, but what about the rhinoceros in the room who's not a rhino? Oh. What was that? What? Oh my god. So, can you guess who is squawking? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> it, uh, so, there were, there were two sounds there, and I just want to make, clarify. There was, there was like one that sounded kind of like birds in the background, but then there was a much Ignore closer that. sounding yes. kind of like squeak or like a sucking noise almost. Yes. It sounded like someone sucking through the very end of a straw. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. Mm. Okay. I'm taking another shot in the dark here. Or not shot in the dark, but 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 going for like a subverted answer. Mm. Sounds like a mammal of some kind. Like some sort of like rodent. Hmm. Calling. I don't know if it's a mating call or calling for help, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with small rodent. Interesting. Yeah. Small well, rodent. That that is a guess, and that you will not know no, whether or not it's true until <laughs> next week when I reveal the answer to <laughs> this. That's right. Leaving it real cliffhanger. Um, but if you out there think you know who is squawking, write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail or if you have any questions, you can write send me an email too. I'm also on Twitter at Katie Golden. That's G O L D I N. Uh, wait, should I spell my first name? Do people know? It's K A T I E. Okay, the full name here it is from <laughs> beginning to end. There we go. K A T I E G O L D I N. And then you can check out that thread of the elephant truths. It's nice. fun. It, it's I, a I great. Loved a, it's, it's very a great good. Very good to see them yawn because their little nose has to like go whoop up upwards. It's very funny. It's very cute. It's very um, cute. Yeah, and the podcast is online too at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. A little different. Mm-hmm. Now, where can yes. people find you? You can find me all over the internet at DJ underscore Danil. That's D A N L. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, regrettably. 
You can find me on all those places, and I will be in. And if you want to interact with me and see me do dumb shit, I am live on Twitch Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. When does the show come out again? Is it a Tuesday or is it? I can't Wednesday. Remember. Wednesday show. Oh, perfect. Well, if you're listening on a Wednesday, uh, this evening at five p or seven p.m. Pacific. Come check me out. Playing video games, twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Daniel, D-A-N-L. And I will see you there. And thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show and you leave a rating or review, that helps immensely. I read every single review and I really, really appreciate them. They make me so happy. They're makes great. me motivates me to keep doing the podcast when I see your positive feedback. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's great. It's, uh, it really helps out and I yes. really appreciate it. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina Creature Feature, is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Or if you listen to your favorite shows. I don't care. I do not. I, I literally, whatever, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you what to, you're clearly listening to me right now. You found the way to, you found a way to do it. So, you know. This is my favorite CTA ever. Keep doing what you're doing, man. <laughs> it's working. You're listening to me. You're hearing me. You're clearly doing it. <laughs> See you next Wednesday. Yay. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.